Hello, everyone, and welcome to For the Birds podcast, where we talk hot people and hot topics. I'm McKinley, half of your hosting duo, joined weekly with Gaia Orr. Thanks for listening to our previous episode and coming back for more. Our podcast is part of the Misquotes Podcasting Network. Also, be sure to check out Misquotes, a movie podcast, of which Gaia and I are both featured on. Happening now is Tarantino Tuesdays, The Whole Bloody Affair, where the host Rico and I go through the legendary director's films chronologically. We talk about what we love most about him, his homages, and his styles for the next several weeks, so be sure to follow along. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the shows. This is McKinley, part of the Miss Coast Podcasting Network. Cheers. That's it. All right, listen, sis. This is For the Birds Podcast. This is McKinley. I'm Gaia. What's new, Gaia? Really nothing, which is good. That, like, nothing crazy life-related is going on. I have plenty of time to watch TV. What TV are we watching? So I, <laughs> I binge-watched um, Mindhunter. I haven't gotten through the second season yet, but so far, so good. You know, Mindhunter is really big because it's from David Fincher. And David Fincher is known for purposely making people uncomfortable. Like, he really wants to make people uncomfortable with the concept that we are all, like, inherently evil. Mm. Um, which makes him a very, very fucked up, but at least he's, like, speaking the truth of, like, what's true, like, within the human race. Yeah. Do we know the lead character of Mindhunter? Yeah. What's his name? Fuck. Not uh, the actor. Holden. Yeah, Holden, but we don't know the actor name. Holden, when I first watched the first season, mm-hmm. Babe and a Half. <laughs> I don't know. You don't think so? <laughs> He's a little too, um, a little too neurotic for me. I love in the first season like, when it's he not has... even just ner- like it's like neuroses, like he yeah. has panic disorder. Oh, he has um, pa- yeah. In the first season, he has that panic attack where he's like just finished talking to Ed Kempner, like, or like like in the show Ed Kemper, yeah, yeah, and he like walks down the hallway and like everything just like stops and he like gets into a ball Mm -hmm. on the ground and starts like crying basically have you started second season yet no i haven't oh it's so good it really dives into his character Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think he's the star of the show in general but what other babes are in season two though literally oh (laughs) i was about to say no babes fucking creeps but there is a babe what's his name okay it's the guy who plays tex Tex is the significant male member in the Manson party. Yes. Responsible for Sharon Tate's murder. And because Mindhunter talks about Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. The the guy who plays Manson is so fucking good. Good, yeah. So, like, they talk to Manson first. And Manson is, like... The guy who plays him, first of all, like, really embodies him it's so good it feels like being in a cell with manson Mm -hmm. and then also like just the way they wrote him for that i'm not sure like how i watched this show and the whole time i'm just like is this a transcript like (laughs) what parts of this are factual like fact fact you know i'm sure there's somewhere on reddit a deep hole of fact checking everything that they're saying because i want to think that every single thing that happens like at work that they're doing is real and then the personal storylines might be a little bit fabricated, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Tags. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're watching it and you're just like, holy shit, I'm convinced that maybe Manson is like not as guilty 
as we think. Mm. And then it flips to the interview scene with Tex, and Tex is like, yeah, no. (laughs) That guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, that guy's fucking crazy. He, like, talked about Helter Skelter all the time, and he was, like, you know, brainwashing us, programming us to murder people. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) Like, the same Manson we all know. (laughs) So Manson's group was, like, always beautiful people. They are, like, not bad looking, especially since we have these two portrayals. We have Mindhunter, which makes Tex look good. And then we have... So good. Oh, my God. No, Tex in this one is, like, built. He's, like, six foot something and, like, lumberjack looking dude. But then Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... There it is. Once Upon a Time. (laughs) ...is Austin Butler, who is so gorgeous. So gorgeous. In his own right, for sure. But he's not... uh, It's a much different portrayal. Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean, it's a fairy tale. I guess he has to be just. Why we're here today? <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, three oh of God. quite possibly the best. I love Margot Robbie in this. I just rewatched Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. Thanks, thanks to misquotes. Um, yeah, I rewatched Wolf of Wall Street and Margot Robbie's character, which is the first time I was introduced to Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of her first roles. She went from starring in like Australian television, not to like listen. If you want the details on Margot Robbie, but like she's a, such a babe. Yeah, yeah, she's such a babe in Wolf of Wall Street in like a what is she Brooklyn Duchess or whatever? Yeah, the Duchess of, of in Bay like Ridge. such a trashy Brooklyn way, but she's like super sexual in that movie, and then in Once Upon. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she's, like, Glamazon. She's Glamazon, but she's also, like, clueless. Like, she knows she's beautiful, and she is a little bit self-absorbed, but she's mostly just here for her time. Yeah, because she's on the brink of stardom, so she's, like... Yeah, she's mostly just here to, like, hang out. She's enjoying herself. She's enjoying her time. Manson hates to see it. Uh, anyway. Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? Brad Pitt. Leonardo DiCaprio in this... In this movie, I don't think looks his best. I think that's the point. Like his face is all swollen because he's like an, a fucking alcoholic. And but I love his like emotional side of this movie yeah. because he goes into like this little rampage bit where he's like on the first day of like a movie that he start or a TV show he's starring with Timothy Oliphant. We didn't even talk about that. Just all the babes everywhere. I don't think I know who that is. He's Josh Duhamel's lookalike. Oh like, yes, sexier, yes, yes. But, like, we sexy. had this conversation, <laughs> but I disagree. You Wait, don't think they're both in When a Day with Tad Hamilton? Leonardo DiCaprio? No. Oh, Josh Duhamel. And the Oliphant. And Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, we have to figure this out. Because the guy I'm picturing, we drank a lot of punch last night. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> While we're looking into this, Leonardo DiCaprio... Say plays, what you need to say. ...plays this like very sensitive character in this because he's like so ego wounded throughout the entire time we get him in like at the end of his career almost where he's like getting offered to be like an italian movie star and he's like that's where actors go to die but he's like yeah. this alcoholic who can't like get out of this hole so there's like a night where he's supposed to be learning his script but he just goes sits in the pool with like eight whiskey sours or something and the next day he's in his trailer like crying and throwing a fucking fit just like yeah. eight, 60, eight whiskey sours fucking loser i think my first takeaway from 
the movie was that Leo was not his usual, like, heroic leading mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. self. It was really nice to see vulnerable side of him. But we had Brad Pitt playing Oh, yeah, because Brad Pitt was all the man. <laughs> that we needed. He has yeah. his shirt off when he's fixing, like, the ceiling or, like, the roof or whatever. He's, like, patch or fixing the antenna or something. And... He's, he's obviously a stuntman, so he has all these fake scars on him. But, like, when he takes off a shirt, you're just like, holy fucking shit. Wait, wait. I don't remember. He's got it. You don't remember? <gasps> no! <laughs> Where can we rewatch? It's too new. It's too new. It might be playing in a theater somewhere. Or on Amazon Prime at this point. Oh, my God. I'm totally thinking of a completely different movie. He is not in When a Day with Patty Hamilton. He's in Girl Next Door. There you go. Jesus! Here you heard it. Timothy Oliphant <laughs> is in Girl Next Door. Josh Duhamel is in Winnie <laughs> Ted Hamilton. Both great movies. <laughs> For some reason, they exist in the same universe to me. Completely different movies. I mean, they're both babes. Have we said all we needed to say about Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt? I mean, no. But there's always more. <laughs> there's always more that we could go into about Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Their yeah. careers. I mean, ideal. Ages for me, for these two people, I would say 2000, Brad Pitt, like right after Fight Club in Seven, about to do Ocean's Eleven, where he's kind of have this like cocky facade going on. He's not doing anything as serious, like he goes into Ocean's Eleven and is playing like this kind of like funnier sidekick type deal. Yeah. Ideal Leo, 1997, post-Titanic, or Wolf of Wall Street. When he has his shirt off and he's like, come on, babe, aren't you ever to have a husband that's in such great shape like this? <laughs> and <laughs> like he's shaking in, in like, the bed. He's in like six out of ten shape at best. Yeah. <laughs> Seven. But, uh, He's no. got like a faint V-line. <laughs> his makeup is great in that movie. He looks like a bronzed god. So good. Um, but I think my favorite version of Leo is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, like right there, right in the 90s. Young, young Leo. He's still got it, though. He's just, like, so boyishly cute. I actually just watched uh, Parent Trap the other day, and there's, like, a that part where, like, their room gets kind of destroyed from the storm. She's like, oh, any photographs I got ruined? She's like, no, just the great DiCaprio. She's like, who's DiCaprio? And she's like, what? <laughs> yep. Because for Titanic to come out, and you don't, like, there was not a woman in the world who did not know well, I guess in the first world, that did not know who Leonardo DiCaprio was. I mean, she's from England. It's the first world. That's what I'm saying. Oh, she yeah, should yeah, have known. Yeah. Exactly. Kate Winslet. Come on. Come on. Come on. I think I've only seen Titanic once all the way through. That's insane. Yeah. It's everyone's fave. I used to have it on VHS, and it would come in two VHSs because it was too long to be on one. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. What else is new that transitions into old faves is The Irishman coming out. Oh. Guy and I live in Denver, and we're obscenely butthurt because, or I am. Yeah, I don't care. Because The Irishman, yeah. Netflix released The Irishman on, like, in theaters, only in very, like, 60 select theaters. And then it's coming out November 27th on Netflix itself, which is like, good for you, Netflix. You're doing great, hon. Love you. Thank you for this content. But Denver... How are you not going to put... We're, like, in the middle of the country. Like, literally smack dab in the middle. <laughs> That's probably why. But we're a big who's city! In, who's in Irishman? Why do I need to see it? Robert De Niro. Okay. Al Pacino. Joe Pesci. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Were all three of them in Goodfellas? Al Pacino was not. Right. Where's Ray Liotta? But all three of them 
listen, sis, I ask myself this Where's all the time. Where's Yoda? <laughs> I'm like in love. <laughs> I mean, in Goodfellas, I see it. Babe. Babe in Goodfellas. Babe. Yeah. But the, the what makes this old, obviously, as we just talked about, mm-hmm. is this has been the trio minus Al Pacino for 30 plus years. We've had Raging Bull, Goodfellas, all leading up to this movie. The Irishman's been in the works for, I think, almost 10 years from like I remember. I heard this movie was getting made like maybe not that long, since like 2012. Mm-hmm. And I have just been over the moon. I just need like a young DiCaprio gangster in there and then I'd be fucking set. Like Martin Scorsese yeah. could retire and I'd be fine. Ooh, who do you think it could be? Who do you think would like compliment that cast well? A young a young stud, young gun. Well, they do make Robert De Niro look really young with CGI. I don't know if you've seen the trailers and stuff, but the CGI Gross. is phenomenal. No, it's so good. The trailer, I mean, obviously looks great. It looks like classic Scorsese film. And Robert De Niro, making him look younger, is everything that I'm here for. Because young Robert De Niro oh, could get yeah. it. You're so right. Taxi, taxi cab De Niro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's or taxi where, driver, like, excuse my me. shaved head thing maybe started. I love a guy with a shaved head and, like, great bone structure. And Robert De Niro's got it. Shout out De Niro. Shout out De Niro. Yeah. Has been doing it for us, will always be doing it for us. Yeah. He also just, like, keeps it very real politically. Yeah. All right. Mm. What else What else is old that's been doing it for us? Um. Well, since we've been talking about misquotes so much, your movie podcast and just movies in general, yeah. that's all we've been talking about. <laughs> And the actors in them. Intentionally. I'm on an episode of Misquotes. And we do Clueless. Yes. Which is very old. Honestly, I have a bone to pick with you real fast. (laughs) My issue is that all week you've been telling me that my episode is the best episode of Misquotes. Yeah. And you're lying. I'm not lying. I bet bet you're saying the exact same thing to Joe. No, I haven't told Joe anything. I (laughs) thoroughly believe our episode's the best. Sorry, Joe. Love you. Here for you. No, Joe. I I was listening to the start of the Scream episode this morning, and I was like, this is blowing (laughs) my episode out of the water in the first 20 minutes. So shout out, Joe. All I'm getting from this conversation is that every episode of Miss Coates podcast, holler, follow on iTunes and Spotify, is worth listening to. I mean, yeah. I've listened to... Three episodes so far. It's fun. It's a lot Two. of fun talking about movies. I've I started a third. Yeah. What we didn't get to do in the Miss Quotes podcast, what we did a little bit, we touched lightly on, is about Zimzaddies. Yeah, in, that's what we're here for. In Clueless specifically. So let's start with right. our, I mean, obviously, number one today, maybe not number one in the movie itself, is Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. Obviously. But yeah. before we talk more about Paul Rudd, our favorite. Elton. No, they're doing a Clueless remake. A Clueless remake. I hearing, and I need to hear all about this. I was supposed to do research, but I'm just going to talk until I figure it all out. I don't know how that would work. I see it coming back in like the very High School Musical way that they're doing now, where they're like making a High School Musical series that's going on Disney+. Plus. I see that happening, where it, like obviously it was already a series that they did in like right after the movie came out, right? They did a Clueless series. They did. Yeah. And I remember seeing it. I think it was like on the same channel as like Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Like it was just like a UPN show or something like that. Yeah. Um, But I see it coming back not as a remake in movie, in a movie form or film form. I see it more as like a TV show remake or like a Netflix, mm -hmm. you know, 
Uh, or maybe Facebook Watch or whatever the fuck that is, you know. Ooh, damn. This article just hinted that there might be some beef going on with the Clueless remake. Like so, beef as in getting old characters back or? No. Okay, so I haven't even gotten to the plot or the cast or anything. Amy Heckerling, the writer, director mm-hmm. both of the original Clueless, is doing a musical that's going to Broadway this month. And she wants nothing to do with a movie remake, so... Wait, she's doing the Clueless Broadway musical? Yes. I mean, that's, that's what, what Tina Fey did with Mean Girls. That's what Silverstone says, Alicia Silverstone. Wait, if so, Alicia Silverstone's saying that, then, then she was probably down to be in the, the remake of the movie. Yeah. Who knows? Read between the lines. It. We're like, reading I between mean, the lines. We are... If we don't get Clueless, at least we have this Lizzie McGuire remake coming out. But... People who are introduced... Wait, wait, wait. We'll get to that in a second. I heard that (laughs) later. Okay. The people who are interested in producing a remake are Girls Trip writer Tracy Oliver Mm. and Marquita Robinson, who has been working on the series Glow, the Netflix series. That's actually a good series, so I'm here for that. Yeah. I mean, those sound like the best people to take over. Yeah. But let's get to the cast. That's like the most important part. Paul Rudd as a dad having his stepsister's babies. Oh my god, this is hilarious. <laughs> Donald Faison's one request just leave Stacy Dash out of it. <laughs> ah, last time we talked about Clueless, though, Stacy Dash got arrested for domestic violence. Yeah, remember? you just love that fact. I do remember that. So Donald Faison hates Stacy Dash. I mean, I dislike her for my own reason yeah she's republican right didn't we talk about that yeah yeah and i'm glad he does too yeah um i don't know this article isn't saying anything about the cast so we're just gonna have to touch base later yeah hopefully they bring in people i'd like to see as reprised roles yeah who today could be a great share i feel like they would go for that girl in riverdale who, or something. The girl that plays Betty? Yeah. Uh, Lily Reinhardt? She was in Hustlers. I feel like that's what studio executives would be thinking, you know? Yeah, but she doesn't have enough sass. I feel like it should be like... Did you see her in Hustlers? No. Does she do a, does she do a good job? I mean, she's still like the sweetheart stripper, but she plays a stripper. You know, I can't answer who could be Cher today. It's okay, just... What about I, the boys then? The boys? <laughs> I mean, I want Harry Styles in there somewhere. That's just, like, who I... Yeah. I mean, he's a good actor. He was in Dunkirk by Christopher Nolan. He's didn't, got it. Didn't see it. Well, he was hot in it either way. Every time you bring him up, I just picture him when he was, like, 12. And I'm so... I just can't. Show he's, me a picture of him. He's a very <laughs> not 12-year-old. He just performed Casey Musgraves. Mm. I love Casey Musgraves. Let's just them together on stage. Yeah, no. Look at that bone structure. Are you kidding me? I guess he just doesn't do it for me. I get it. Maybe if I like started watching some interviews or... Yeah, he's like good looking. He's like very good looking. I've just like been obsessed with him since One Direction days. So I mean, I get it. And that picture of him and John Mayer together. Oh, yeah. I just love John Mayer. John Mayer could have been Elton 20 oh, years ago. I have to tell you guys that um, in MASH last night, I got John Mayer as my husband. We played MASH last <laughs> night. <laughs> in other news. We played, and my mom called me today and was like, 
wait, I remember doing, she's like, can you remind me of the rules of MASH? I remember playing that as a kid. And I guess it just didn't hit me that like, this has been like generations. generations. And I really hope kids are playing this. I doubt they are because we have cell phones and like no. fucking eight, eight year olds have cell phones. I bet phones. there's an app, a MASH app. If not, we should create it. Let's coin it right now. Trademarked by <laughs> Bye for the Birds. That's ours. Do not steal that. Mash, mansion, apartment, shack, house. house. And then you pick, I think we did five categories yesterday. Yeah. Where we went through and then you you pick five categories. We did husbands, children, pets, uh, car, and salary. I think it used to be yeah. job, but I think we did salary because we're adults now. And we're like practical about... Like, yeah, show me the money. Show yeah, we should have money. done jobs, but, like, we all have jobs, and it's not really fun to talk about them. <laughs> However, none of us have husbands or houses. Or kids. Yeah. And we have pets, but it was still fun to include pets. Yeah. So, basically, what <laughs> ended for me was... Oh, no, let's talk about you. Well, how did yours end up? John Mayer. 20 kids. Husbands. Um... Yeah. Bird scooter was your Bird car. scooter. <laughs> but it's because I'm Forbes worthy was my. Uh, <laughs> she invented bird probably, which is why she's Forbes worthy. So that's why she travels on birds. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I invented bird. Maybe I'm just environmentally conscious. Maybe my company is next level. Hasn't even been invented yet. Listen, sis. Um, and what was my pet? Oh, our friend's dog that I'm terrified of so um and I live in an apartment with 20 kids I think we all got apartment which is so practical practical I mean yeah you can get a 20 room apartment I'm sure somewhere in the world I mean between John Mayer and Forbes yeah oh John Mayer Mm. have I talked about him yet yes (laughs) (laughs) my mash was married to Paul Rudd plus yeah nine kids still doing it for us oh no we'll get there (laughs) Nine kids, school bus. Yeah. I think I was making like 25000 a year. Yeah. Which is not ideal. Definitely below the poverty yeah. line. But I'm married to Paul Rudd. Yeah. Who's like in the MCU universe. So like he's got that. Ooh. He's got that comic book money. Yeah. Uh, I had bees as my pets which and I like fucking hate bees. Top two fears. I love what bees do for this world but i am terrified because i got stung by a shit ton of wasps at like age 10 and i just like can't oh i didn't know that i it was my brother's fault we don't have to get into it now but i got fucked up by some wasps and i lived in an apartment but the main story here is who's doing it for us lately and who we talked about last episode paul rudd still doing it we just can't get away from him he's been on twitter like, the Twitter yeah. feed. Like we say, we, we just follow our Twitter feed. He's really killing this press tour. Yeah. Just <laughs> specifically. So he's just been on our Twitter feed nonstop. Like, we can't get away from him. Again, all we're doing is rating our Twitter feed live to you. So I saw this tweet shared the other day where he's with his co-star from his new show, Living With Yourself, I think it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, like, party trick or whatever is he can split an apple in half. With his bare hands. Yeah. And the caption to the tweet from some, I mean, we love Twitter. The the random people some that tweeter. come out of it. Yeah, some random tweeter said, Paul Rudd could split these cheeks in half. And I have never resonated with something so hard in my life. After um, watching his neck vein pop out while he rips an apple with his bare hands. You know, Paul Rudd's neck vein, I've been hearing a lot about it. I haven't really appreciated it for myself yet, but you and our dear friend Maddie. Social media. 
love Queen. the fucking neck vein. Well, I didn't really notice it until I watched the episode of Hot Ones, Bringing in Hot Ones again, that he was on because he, I think he, when, it, it's a very prominent no matter what, but since he was handling all that spice level and like probably clenching his cheeks a lot, like it was just like, boom, like you could not stop looking at it. And hmm. maybe it's just grown with age. I hear if you it was like vascular. a hand vein, I would have not stopped looking at it. Hand veins, dude, <laughs> so real. Like I have, like whatever. <laughs> this is a real thing to be attracted to. Garrett's gonna hate this vascular. <laughs> I like a vascular hand and arm. Like if it's just like going oh, all the way up, and you're just like, don't gotta tell me. You're literally just like, like your just hand is out, and it just pops. Whoa. There it is, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Paul Rudd's still doing it for us, but there's a lot of stuff in the world going on this week that's like... But for real, though. The impeachment. Yeah. This has been big for the past, what, over a month. It started at the end of September where we talked, um, where there was talks about impeachment because of the transcripts of what he was saying. Again, I'm a major political science in school, but that doesn't mean I'm up to date on everything that's happening. Apparently it has to do with the transcripts that he was saying about uh, Joe Biden's son. And uh, he was inquiring other politicians about what Joe Biden was doing in his campaign, which is illegal. And also involving other countries. He was like yeah. insinuating that other countries should do the investigation so that pretty much he didn't have to. Yeah. So he was trying to like push the responsibility off onto mm-hmm. somebody else, but you mm-hmm. know, uh, but when it comes to impeachment, just so we're all on the same page, yeah. what I discovered today is that lawmakers, so for example, Nancy Pelosi is like our leader right now who can declare or like... Speaker of the House in, now. In, yeah, in, exactly. And in, can inquire for impeachment. And you can inquire for impeachment based on treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Okay. So she was just waiting for him to... I mean, weren't we all, though, yeah. waiting for him to she was. Just, I think she was just waiting for enough pressure because she's an institutionalized Democrat and not like what we've been like what millennials and Gen Z's and all of us have taken upon ourselves as like Democrat, uh, socialist democratic yeah. socialists. Uh, so basically she presented this to the house. The house has to vote for it to be an inquiry. Then it goes to trial within the house mm-hmm. and then the house has to vote again on it. And then it goes to the Senate. Does it have to be a simple majority or does it have to be... So, and the House has just to be a majority. Okay. When it gets to the Senate, it has to be two-thirds. That's which sucks right now because the Senate is... Majority Republican. Republican yeah. yeah. And then after that, so impeachment, just so we're all on the same page, only two presidents have ever been voted from impeachment and they weren't removed from office. So like Bill Clinton, for example, was not removed from office. Yeah. Nixon resigned before he was even impeached. But, it, which, because in the 70s, that was embarrassing and people just, you know, yeah. had an ego and like a little bit more humor or humility for themselves, you know? Yeah. Anyway, even if he gets voted to be impeached, that he has to be voted out of office. Mm -hmm. So it's like this long line. And nowadays our president has too much pride to resign. He doesn't even think he should be impeached. He's like, you have, he, he tweeted the other day, you have to do something wrong to be impeached. It's like, Jesus Christ, idiot. Aww. You have, like, a job to do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's super real. Mm-hmm. But apparently, from what I've been reading in the news, is that he should be 
we should have a decision or get to the conclusion of all this by the end of the year, which is really fast. That's super fast. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking politics here. There's still an election to be had next year. Yeah. But. But for real, though. For real, though. In other news, Beto O'Rourke. Oh, yeah. So he won't be in the running. No, but he said whoever whoever gets nominated, we are going to back behind and we are going to make sure that they beat whoever the Republican, if it ends up being Mike Pence yeah. or, or Donald Trump. So my biggest thing with candidates is, my biggest thing is if I can trust them or not, um, which you can't really trust any politician, but that's why I'm so diehard Bernie at the moment. Not um, not, not at the moment since like 2015. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying there yeah. might be an expiration on yeah. my Bernie support, I unfortunately. I love him. But... You know, saying he does get the Democratic nomination, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all in. Anyway, I trusted Beto. I knew that he had the best of intentions. He was also... But he didn't have what it takes. No, and you have to have, like, a huge following at this point. Yeah. Like, you have to be very loud and very... Mm-hmm. Um, like almost grandstanding, you know, like you have to be. It's true. He's so polite, so yeah. sweet, and so cute. Yeah, those sad little eyes. He's got exactly my type, which is like a big mouth, bigger teeth, bigger mouth, a big <laughs> nose, and eyes that look like you've been sick for the past five years straight. I need to see a picture of Beto smiling. It's pretty cute. But those Beto. eyes, <laughs> Beto. That's how he says it. But it's Beto. Yeah. Or it's not, but I don't know. Just out of respect, RIP his candidacy. He ran his, a good one. Yeah. He did it. And now we're left with still like the three high runners. Obviously the top runners yeah. right now are Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren, Joe Biden. I'd much rather look at Beto O'Rourke than Joe Biden, for sure. <laughs> Hard yes. <laughs> Joe Biden. Sorry, Leslie, nope. Joe Biden... <laughs> Joe Biden 40 years ago could get it, though, too. Like, he was really handsome. I mean, not with his policy and ideals. I get that. But his face. I don't know. He kind of looks like the guy in high school who, like, knew he was hot. So I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. Mm. But yeah, whatever. You don't think John Mayer was that in high school? No. He's, like, (laughs) soft and tortured. (laughs) From birth. Girls didn't like him in... This is my fantasy in my head. I don't know. I don't know. But moral of the story is R.I.P. Beto. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing great. <laughs> don't cry yourself asleep tonight, man. We're here for you. Um, I drank a whole glass of wine and half of a can of LaCroix. And I have to pee. Um. <laughs> but listen, sis, this has been For the Birds Podcast. With McKinley and Gaia, thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you.